All right, greetings in the name of Jesus. It's such a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Joseph Matiba. I am here with uh, Dumelo and Dudu. Uh, can you just wave, guys, so that people can see you? Uh, it's our first time to be in Polokwane. It's our first time to be in this church. And, yeah, we, we, we are here to share God's word with you. Yeah, it's amazing how God's word works. Sometimes you meet people you don't know, and you just have to come and speak to them. So it's slightly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially because uh, we were sent to come here. We have met Dr. Elijah, and he said, no, you need to preach for me there. And yeah, so we are here. Please, yeah, just accommodate us with the love of God. Uh, we love you too with the love of God. Yeah, we don't know a lot of how you do things here, and I will try to stick to your protocol as I have been given them. But I just want to give you the weight that the Lord has laid in my heart. It's going to be a short weight, but I believe that it will encourage you and build you. Allow me to speak to you on a simple subject. I've titled it uh, Perspective, Perceptions, and Conclusions. Perspectives, Perceptions, and Conclusions. I want to submit to all of us this morning that life entails these three concepts. It is influenced by perspectives, by perceptions, and by conclusion. As a matter of fact, all of us sitting here today, including me standing, we are products of perspectives, perceptions, and conclusions. I want to put this in perspective as we start because perspective is life. Life consists of perceptions. It also consists of conclusions. So in a simpler way, I know the words are related, and I just want to make this message as simple as ever. So when you talk about perspectives, we are talking about viewpoints of things. That all of us here, because we interact with a lot of things, we have different viewpoints on things. For example, you have a different viewpoint of who is a pastor. We have different viewpoints of who is God. We have different viewpoints of what is life. We have different viewpoints of what is church. We have different viewpoints on so many other things. Why? Because viewpoints are made up of lenses that we use to see things. And viewpoints are influenced by the positions from which we stand. And viewpoints are influenced by our experiences. Because we have different experiences, we come from different homes, we've been raised differently, we have tasted different things, our viewpoints are influenced by where we come from. The problem is viewpoints or perspectives do not need to be right for them to influence behavior. So that your viewpoint, your perspective over things, as much as you hold over to that particular perspective or angle at which you view life, you view your wife, you view family, you view church, sometimes the perspective can be wrong. And perspectives do not need to be wrong or right for them to influence people towards a particular direction. And this morning, I feel the Lord wants to draw us to a place where in our desire and our quest 
To be what he wants us to be, we need to look at perspectives that are influencing our lives. And maybe in the process of that, we need to also critically look at our standpoint. What is it that is influencing me to be doing things this way? To be looking at things this way? And to be making myself this person? What is my perspective towards my life? Because perspective, whether right or wrong, it will influence your life. Perception entails a model of thinking. Perception is a product of sensory thoughts. It's, it's a product of how we interact with realities as we perceive it. It's, it's, it's a product of our senses influencing our thinking patterns. So that we think of perception at a very high level as how we process information that comes into our lives. And this morning, all of us seated here, we interpret phenomenon and realities and things that interact with us, and we give them a particular shape. And just like perspectives, perceptions also have a tendency of influencing behavior. An opinion, that's another word, an opinion, an obsession, a, 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 an opinion that you hold does not need to become true or right to influence who you become, what you do, what you consider important, what you pursue all the time. So perspectives, I mean perception, just like perspectives, also influences what? Behavior. Influences what? Our pursuits. Influences what? What we become. Influences what? Our walk with God. Look at your work with God and you would see that how you have been thinking, which is a product of your perception, have influenced the role and the place of Jesus in your life. How you have been thinking, for example, have influenced how you relate with the Holy Spirit, how you read your Bible, how you make a prayer. So perceptions are an area that needs to be critically assessed because if we don't do that, Little thoughts that we have learned in our childhood, in our teen stage, in our adulthood can influence us towards a very direction that we don't want to take. And we find ourselves in places we don't want to be because perceptions influences what? Where we go and how we do things. And the last thing is conclusions. Conclusions represent a place of decision making. As a matter of fact, perspectives and perceptions always leads us into a place where we need to choose. In that place of choosing, we make conclusions. These are end decisions. We adopt certain decisions that we make and say, this is how I'll do it. This is how I'll look at it. This is where I'll go. Whenever you make a decision, that decision at a very Tangible level is a product of your perspective and your perception. This morning, I want us to look at a subject in scripture. It is represented in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, chapter number 23. I want us to go there if we can, please. Uh, Proverbs, uh, chapter number 23. And I want to read from verse number 6 to 8. The scripture says, Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye, neither desire his dainty meats. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. 
This is a very popular scripture. I think for those of you who have been in, this, in the church for some time, you know it, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But I want to help you understand the context because the reading of wisdom literature requires that we understand sayings as they are being given because this is the context. In this text, the author of the book of Proverbs gives us two types of persons that exist in a human being. I want you to follow me closely. Two types of persons that exist in a human being. Here's the first person. The first person we call him the expressed person. This is the person that comes out. This is the person that interacts with people. This is the person who speaks. This is the person who says things. Listen to the story well. The text puts us in a platform where a visitor visits somebody and right there this visitor find this person cooking something and the person who is being visited is preferably stingy and when he recognized the visitor coming in he says oh wow thank you for coming take a seat do you need a drink and he offer him things and he says some good things and so forth and so forth but in his heart in his heart this person says where did this person come here what do you want? Look at you eating my food. And you are not even shy. Look at you. Look at you. And, and then you take, and if you read this very well, it says, don't waste your good words of responding to the hospitality that you are being given. For because of his heart, you will do what? Vomit the food that you are eating. Because his heart is not with you. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Are you following? So that we get two types of a person in one person. The first person gives you food, smiles at you, loves you, and says, oh, it was, it was good to thank you. The second person, which is the non-expressed person or the concealed man, in his heart says, oh, this person has taken my food. All my things have gone. It is out of this experience that the book of Proverbs gives us a theme that runs through the scripture. That people are not what they say. People are not what they do. People are as they think in their hearts. Thinking is a product of perspective, perceptions, and conclusions. And I want to help us this morning. I recognize that you have a theme of new dawn. That if we are going to go into a place where we experience new realities, we experience new life in our lives, we change who we are, we change our families, we change our relationship, we make ourselves better people. Here is the starting point. Change your perspective. Change your perception. Change how you make conclusion. What is that? Change how you think. The greatest enemy of the church does not lie in the demons that fly by night. It lies in how people who are in the church think. Because none of us would ever be able to go beyond their level of thinking. If your thinking is thinking and is bad and is backward, it doesn't matter whether you come to church. Your life is going to be a product of how you think. And we have believers who express it that they love God, but there's no alignment between the thinking and the activities that are done outside. My call this morning is to encourage you. 
to pay attention to the thoughts of your heart as they are. Jesus said it this, this way. He said, uh, from the abundance of what? Of the heart. The mouth speaks. And I know, you know, we normally sit on life and death. I am the power of what? Of the tongue. Why? Because the tongue speaks what is what? What is inside the heart. But we know this can also be what? A misalignment between what is in the heart and what is being spoken. But we know you don't become what you speak. You become what, is what you think in your heart. How is your thinking this morning? How, do, how is your thinking about money? How is your thinking about love? Maybe the reason why things are too difficult in the family is how you think about your husband, how you think about your wife, how you think about the institution of marriage. Maybe church is difficult because of how we think about church. Because the thinking that we have about church influences what we do and how we carry ourselves at church. You know, one of the things that I've recognized is that most of the time, the problem is never the problem. Okay, let me say that again. The problem is never the problem. It is normally the thinking around the problem that is the problem. If you can look at the challenges that you are going through and the problems that you are going through, much of it is how is your thinking about the challenge that you are going through. And if you critically assess yourself, you may recognize that maybe the problem is not debt that I am in. It's how I think about debt. Maybe the problem is not the opportunities that I'm not getting. It's how I think about what entails a opportunity. Maybe the problem is not about business that I'm running, but is about my thinking about how a business should be run. Time in and time out, God calls people that he leads to a place of reflection. And his call, if you study the scripture from Genesis throughout, whenever there's a call of repent, go back, rethink, the idea is to change your thinking. As a matter of fact, being born again requires change of thinking. As much as it's a spiritual process, that spiritual process does not take place unless you change your thinking that God is in control of my life. That God directs how I do things. That God now leads the way I do things. That now I can't enjoy and dwell on this thoughts. That now I need to live my life this way. So my highest call today, before we blame God, before we blame the devil, before we put up things and we blame pastors and we blame church, is the highest battle that we're engaged on. It's on your perspective, on your perception, and on processes that you use to make decisions. Because those are going to influence how you do your life. How do you make conclusions? How do you make decisions? about your work, about your life, about your children, about your marriage, about different institutions. What is the highest force that influences the process of making decisions? It's Pentecost Sunday today. We are celebrating the coming down of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that the highest role of the Holy Spirit in our life 
is to influence what? Number one, perspectives. Number two, what? Perceptions. Number three, what? Conclusion. If the Holy Spirit is not influencing these three areas in your life, life is going to be tough. And I know as Pentecostals, we, we enjoy the touch. We enjoy the move. We enjoy the flow. But sometimes we don't open the room for the Holy Spirit to influence our thinking. You know what is the sad thing? You can never go beyond your thinking. Because when God wants to change your life, lift you up, create a new opportunity over you, guess what is his first area of of, of focus. It's changing how you think. But sometimes we dwell too much on negativity, too much on our past, that we never change our thinking. And everything that is new needs a new mind. Scripture provides a room for, for renovation of the mind. In Romans chapter number 12, Verse number two, a scripture that you would know very well. It says, do not be conformed to what? To this world. In other words, hey guys, don't have similar perspectives, similar perceptions, and similar conclusion like the people who are in this world. You get that? Don't think like them. Don't have standpoints that are similar to theirs. Don't view things the way they view them. And guess what the Apostle Paul says? He says, but be what? Transformed. What is to be transformed? To be changed. Be changed. How? By renewing your mind. So the only thing in your life that can get renewed, the Greek word for renewing here, is a Greek word that means to renovate. It's like if we want to renovate this church and we take out some things that we don't need and we put up some new stuff and it becomes completely different. So Paul says, you have an old mind, change it, renovate it, give it a fresh look, fresh perspective, fresh perceptions, and make decisions new. And guess what he says? He says, when you do that, what will you get into? You will arrive at a place where you can know God's perfect will. The call this morning is simple. There is a place of God's will where God wants you to go. There is the plan of God that is aligned to your life that God wants you to enjoy that plan, live in that plan. But you are never going to arrive in that plan unless you change how you think about the area of your challenge, about the area of your blessing. Renewing our mind is the only thing that a believer needs to do. And we renew our minds by giving ourselves new information. This is why the scripture says, my people are destroyed because of what? Lack of knowledge. We are never destroyed because the devil came and demons came and so forth. I mean, the devil does not even come close to South Africa. I think he stays somewhere far. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, as, of, as concerning Pulukwan, I don't think he comes here. Yeah, like I don't know whether the guy occasionally goes to Gaps, but if he does, maybe once in a year. So what destroys people if the devil is too far away from where they are and so forth? It's ignorance. It's mindsets that are not changed. It's that people can go to church and still think the same way, treat their children the same way, treat their spouse the same way, treat church the same way. After donkey years of being in the church, you're still behaving like the old folk. 
and we have not given it a crown that they are in order. We come from far. That is the same way of thinking. The highest work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to change how you look at things. Because that's how he's going to lead you into new things. That's how he's going to take you into new dawn. There would be no new dawn without new me. And a new me requires a new mind. And a new mind is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it requires you to add new information into your life. So I'm encouraging you this morning, find it in your heart to develop yourself, to change how you do things. I can tell you without hesitation, much of what we are dealing with and we see it as obstacles and as challenges and as attacks of the enemy is because we do not have the mind that can conceptualize beyond the obstacle that we are meeting. When we go into this word, this is why God's highest intervention with human being is not by the spirit. It's by the word. And that word targets what? Your logic, your mind to change it. When you change your mind, God has had access into you. The battle in the spirit is not of spiritual forces doing more there. No, it's for the control of the logical process of a man. Where? In the mind. Because if I can control how you think, I've got you. That's why the devil wants to control how you see things. So that you think that the reason why your life is is because there's a demon fighting you and you keep on fighting nothing rather than improving how you see things and what you need to pursue. So the call is change your mind. How do you do that? Go into God's way. Go into God's word. And when you get into God's word, you'll suddenly see who you are. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. Touching about you. So when God looks at you, what does he see? He sees a masterpiece. But you are concerned about what your boss has said, what your boyfriend has said, what your servant said. And that thinking keeps you in one place because you have not renewed your version of thinking to the highest version that says you are a masterpiece and no human being can have control of your destiny. No demon can stop what God has planned for you. You are the only person who can stop it by operating with a version of thinking that is lower than what God says you are. I want to call you, ladies and gentlemen, that the God who saved you loves you and is calling you to a better life, a higher life. That life can only begin when you renew your mind and you align your way of thinking with God's thinking until you get into a place where you said, I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I can go where he says I can go. I can become what he says I can become. When you reach that level of thinking, you are no longer controlled by what the economy is saying, what TV news is saying, what TikTok is saying, what Instagram is saying. You are functioning at a high level of thinking influenced by the God of heaven. And that thinking will take you far. Let's stand on our feet so that I can say a benediction over you. Just lift up your hand where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Here are lives, men and women, standing before your presence. 
I pray that today, Lord, you may do work that none of us can do in each one of us. Put within us the desire to change how we look at things. The desire to change our lives by changing how we think, how we perceive things, our perspectives on things. Help us to make conclusions that are aligned to your word. I pray for grace for every life standing here. That may the grace of God be sufficient for each one of us. That Lord, as we work on how we think and how we look at things, you would help us to drive towards a place in your will that will take us far. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Give the Lord some praise.